Welcome to the HRS Podcast, the show about things that can go wrong in the workplace and how to avoid them. This show is sponsored by ECDESC, a firm that uses a unique polling method to spot problems in the workplace, from interpersonal issues like harassment, underutilized talent, or even financial and accounting concerns. After the show, learn more at ECDESC.com. That's E-K-D-E-S-K.com. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. But for now, I'm your host, Andrew Jennings. Today's episode is all about HR risk and social media. The average American spends two hours a day on social media. That's over 12% of our waking hours. So it's not surprising that something that takes up so much of our time is going to have an impact at work. And that includes what employees are saying about the organization online and even how they're behaving when the organization isn't the topic. Joining us today to discuss how to manage risks around employee social media use is Paul Carney. Paul is Senior Vice President and Director of Human Resources at Regional Bank Carter Bank and Trust, and is an accomplished HR speaker and facilitator. Paul, welcome to the HR Risk Podcast. Thank you. Very glad to be a part of it. Paul, before we get started with our conversation today, could you tell our listeners a little bit more about your background and your career as an HR leader? Sure. So I'll actually say I'm the accidental HR guy is what I refer to myself as. I started my life as an IT guy 30 plus years ago uh, and uh, built IT-based companies and then have always been a business person and then landed in HR uh, through a group that needed me to take on some HR roles with my training background and discovered the world of HR and said, wow, this is great. And it's needed some help as, as HR has been evolving over the past decade or so. And I saw it from a business perspective and said, wow, I can really come in here and help HR. And that's what got me started on my HR career. So as you've gotten started in your HR career, are there any particular issues or risks that you've encountered along the way that you might want to have other HR professionals be aware of? Sure. In fact, it kind of ties directly in with my IT background. Since my first company was built in 1997, when I saw this thing coming along called the internet and the web and said, I got to do something with this. And so what happened is, as I started getting HR, what really started happening a bit more in the past decade to 15 years is this concept called social media. And that's where companies started to have a difficult time understanding how to incorporate social media into the business. But also from the employee's perspective, a lot of companies started saying, well, hold on, we don't know much about this thing. And, you know, we've got to control the message that's going out there. And they really started to see these issues with employees going out there saying things and the company going, hmm, we don't really want them saying that or should they be saying that? And, and it really created this issue between the organization, the employees and the social media networks. Is that a little bit of an extension of companies generally don't want to regulate the lives of their employees when they're they're not on the job, but at the same time, what employees do off the job might reflect back on the company, and there's always that kind of tension between out-of-work conduct? Correct. And so you've got a couple of factors here. You've got one is, right, how the person conducts themselves. Usually most organizations have a code of conduct or a code of ethics that says you've got to behave yourself sort of at work, but as you represent the organization when you're outside of work too, so they expect you to be a good citizen of the United States uh, when you're out there. But really what ended up happening was, and this is what's interesting is, is when you, where it started to really happen, is when employees would go out and start to comment on things they necessarily weren't happy about at work. Mm-hmm. And they might say something about their job. They might say something about pay. And pay was the one that probably really got this going the most, where some employees were actually being disciplined for talking about pay up to termination, actually. 
for talking about pay out there on the websites. And what ended up happening was lawsuits happened and the National Labor Relations Act, basically all the way back to the Wagner Act of 1935, and the National Labor Relations Board got involved and said, wait a minute, companies, you can't do this. This is called protected concerted activity, which is usually around labor unions when people are trying to come together and, and form a union. But they applied it to social media and said, no, they can come out there and talk about these types of work issues and things. And it's called protected concerted activity. And that really put companies into a bind because, well, now they can't discipline. A lot of them had these social media policies that were very strict that said, you can't say anything out there. And they started to have to learn how to back off of that to be able to not get in trouble with the law. Right. And there's been this risk that companies have run into for years where they've had employee handbooks or, or policies that say you can't talk to your colleagues about what they make or what you make, which clearly is a, an issue under uh, under labor law. But uh, this really takes it out of the, the workroom or the break room and, and takes it to the, the web in general. In, in some ways, you could almost see it as being a little bit anti-competitive too. We don't want prospective employees out there seeing if we have pay issues or we don't pay a lot or we pay pay well. Uh, that that could be a concern as well. Exactly. In fact, what this tied into, and this is where now when uh, I help people who may ask me questions about how to put their social media policy together and how should they be doing it, and I'll jokingly say, if you go ask the lawyers, they're going to tell you you can't put anything in there. And then they'll say, well, you can put stuff in there, and or they'll try to get it as restricted as possible. But you have to avoid blanket rules. You have to avoid, that's the biggest thing that the NRLOB will tell you is, is avoid blanket rules. Now, you can hold them to a certain level of conduct. They can't disclose customer information or proprietary a trade secret. They can't misrepresent the company or services. You can't reveal those things. So those are, everyone realizes, including the law, that you can't do that. That's against the law. You could be held accountable for that. What I try to tell people is, is flip it around and look at it from the positive perspective. And as you just said a second ago, this really is about employer branding. So you want your employees to be out there talking about the great employer brand of the company. You want them discussing some of the good things. It's not always going to be positive, but so what you do is you work with your employees to say, this is what we expect. This is what we want. We need out there. And you open that relationship and dialogue so that you say to your employees, you know, this is what we're expecting out there. But if something's really going on, let's talk about it. Don't, you don't necessarily need to put it out there. You can't stop them from doing it. But really good companies learn and good leaders how do you keep the conversation internally? How do you say, well, if there's something, let's sit down and talk about what's going on. Uh, and that's, of course, what leads to good leadership, employee relationships, and would avoid a lot of these issues. So it's really flipping it around and say, focus on the positive rather than the negative or restrictive part of a social media policy. I think that's a good point. And part of that, too, is not trying to stifle any discussion of deficits, because every company is going to have deficits and things to work Correct. on. And there are a lot of review sites out there where people talk about their employers or their jobs uh, and try to provide that information in a crowdsourced way. And an entry that says, hey, there were some issues on the following three areas, but management is really working hard to resolve them. In a way, that's being honest and upfront about your deficits, but I, I would consider that to be an encouraging sign if I were thinking about applying to a company because that, that shows that they're diligent about addressing issues, not, not pretending like issues don't exist, but, but being diligent in addressing them. 
Correct. And I'll, I'll tell you, so I worked for a large multinational. It was large. We had organizations and branches around the world, 17,000 employees. And at first, our social media policy was pretty tight. It was, you can't do this, you can't do that. People couldn't even get to social media sites at work, mm-hmm. from work. And it was said, you can't get there from work, even on your own devices. Well, it ended up getting to the point, and this is a Fortune 100 best company to work for, that we allowed our employees to access social media from their work computers. And some people are like, oh my gosh, they're going to waste time. They're going to do this. Well, if you're actually focused on your employees and the performance that they're doing their job, there shouldn't be an issue. But what we found was when we were putting great stories out there about the organization, how the employees shared that with their networks created this tremendous wave of influence out there. And when a new employee or potential employee is looking at these types of things, they see employees actively sharing the great stories and the good things that are going on and stuff. And that actually creates a little bit more of a stronger employer brand because you say, hey, I want to be a part of these people that are out there talking about this so much and telling these stories. And that's, it's hard to get past it. Some organizations will still tell you they, they don't want to take that risk and take that chance. Uh, but as you said before, it's the new world. It is a new way of looking at the world. It's not going away. The internet, social media, it's just going to become more integrated in the things we do. And we have to look at ways to support it positively. I see so many people on LinkedIn in particular, uh, they'll repost or like the posts that their companies put out. And I assume that's from a real place of pride. And it's not a concerted campaign to say, hey, everybody needs to go under their personal accounts and, and like the company's communication. So I think that you're right, that that's a wonderful opportunity to really help your employees show their pride in where they work and, and the organization that they're a part of. We've talked about the concerted activity and the work conditions, talking about the company issues around that. Have you run into any issues or concerns or, or policies or practices when it comes to I'm on social media, I'm not talking about the company or anything related to it, but my conduct on social media could potentially reflect poorly back on the company and how to manage around that or how to train employees and how to avoid that sort of behavior online. Correct. And so we have. In fact, that's what I going to say is if you really, if you, depending on your code of conduct or, your, or uh, what you may have in your employee handbook, there usually is something out there that talks about uh, any types of interactions and, and what's expected of you out, not only in the workplace, but outside of a uh, place in the community. And it's usually that ethics and usually code of conduct. And it really just says that you are representing not only yourself, but the organization. Because uh, think about it, when you join associations and stuff, they always have your name, title, and company you work for. So that's already out there. So everything you do, and, and it's not only just even in communities, but when you are part of an association or you go to a conference mm-hmm. representing your company, your name, your behaviors, what you do out there reflects directly back on the company. And there are times that people you know, may go to a social hour or a happy hour at a conference and get a little uh, on the tipsy side uh, and behave in ways that doesn't reflect well on the company. And that gets back to company directors and they, the good ones will sit down with the person and talk about it. Now, the thing isn't necessarily to drop the hammer on them right away. It's usually to sit down and ask uh, about the situation. We, we heard this. What about this is true? And then talk about your expectations and, and kind of get the employee to understand how that doesn't really meet the expectations of leadership in the organization and then talk about how to get past that. So that's the more constructive way to do it than it is to come out with a hardened policy, show them on the book, point to it and say, you did didn't do this. 
So we have seen many cases where on social media and in, in the strong political world right now where there's a lot of divisive attitudes and opinions and thoughts and ideas, that gets a little tougher because, again, most companies will stay out of the fray, uh, but it gets really tough when people kind of get to a level of misbehaving out there rather than just having a constructive dialogue. I haven't seen cases yet where companies have held people accountable directly for that, although we had that case of that woman who worked for a marketing firm, I think it was when the president convoy went by there and she did something and they got upset and they fired her. I think that's still actually in the courts right now because they're still trying to determine was that an appropriate firing? Did they have a right to do that? I don't think those types of issues are going to go away. So organizations just need to have that open dialogue with employees to say, this is what we expect. This is what we need for representation. Right. The political expression question is probably more of a state by state law question more than a probably a federal employment law question, but it's definitely a risk for, for folks to be thinking about if they're in a state that has those free speech protections that might go above federal law. That's a great point because what I was just talking about with the protected concerted activity specifically with the NLRB is federal law, but you're right. There are some states and I'll, you know, California is one example of having some very specific laws that will try to protect employees and uh, and you need to absolutely be aware of those on a state-by-state basis. So if you have a takeaway for our HR leaders who are listening to the podcast who maybe are thinking about social media policies or the risks around social media, but haven't really done anything yet, where would you suggest they start? First thing I would do is suggest that they, I'll call it flip the equation, which is don't think of it from the negative restrictive part. Think of it from the positive engagement part. Like how do we engage employees to express to them what we want out of this? Uh, And then I would go out there and actually look at some of the companies who post their social media policies. There's a few out there. You can actually search for social media policies and they'll tell you what they are. Uh, They're out there directly. Uh, And then really there are resources. SHRM, Society of Human Resource Management has some good resources out there too. But it's really go to conferences where they talk about these because almost every conference that talks about strategy and workforce planning will have something about social media because it's so important today. Uh, And then get involved in those conversations, listen to what people are doing and not doing, uh, and really just get actively involved. All right. Well, that sounds like some great advice. Paul, if folks want to learn more about this topic or get in touch, how can they do that? So there's a couple of different ways. One of the best ways is on LinkedIn. Reach out to me on LinkedIn at Paul Carney Works. Actually, that's my handle on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, But you can also visit my website at paulcarneyworks.com. Okay, well, great. And I will add a link to that on the, the show notes. Paul, thank you for joining us on the HR Risk Podcast. You are very welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the HR Risk Podcast. This episode is presented by Ekdesk.com, the software that helps prevent workplace harassment and spot untapped talent. You can find show notes for today's episode at ekdesk.com slash podcast. That's E-K-D-E-S-K dot com slash podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Until the next episode, I'm your host, Andrew Jennings.